This is 100.7 KPXI, and it's time for Out to Pastor, a weekly show that takes a look back at recent events in Henderson and Russ County and looks ahead at some of the upcoming events around the area. It's Out to Pastor. Now, here's Jimmy Holmes and Matt Golson. Welcome back, everybody. It's Out to Pastor. Good morning. Been a big week again, man. Oh, every week is a big week around here. And we had our trip down to Galveston with the high school band. Savannah and Ellen had their senior Lions Den event. That was a moment. Well, that was something else. Passing the torch on to the next generation of Henderson marching band leadership. You know, I got tickled at Levi. Savannah called. You can call up different people after your short speech to pass on the torch. Of course, she called Ellen, some other friends, all the twirlers, all these girls, like 20 girls, let's say, maybe more. Maybe more. And then Levi. (laughs) So there's Levi and all these girls. And, you know, he got up there pretty quick. Yeah, he's at the age where that's okay. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So he'll remember that. Yeah, that's kind of been the story of his life anyway. Yeah. Yeah, he's not too upset hanging around Savannah and Ellen. That's good training for him for later on, too. Yeah, basically he does what they say. (laughs) 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 Well, today is another special episode of Out to Pastor. Today is the first ever Out to Pastor book club event. Watch out, Oprah. Watch out. It could be bigger than Oprah's book club. Oh, it will be. It's going to be big in North County, I can tell you. With all three people. Now. That listen to us. Of course, you can't have a book club without powerful authors on the show with you. Correct. Joining us today in the studio, our good friend, Pastor John Cunhas. Hi, Jamie. A book professional of the highest level. Out to Pastor Squared. An author, translator, editor, and publisher. Where is this book powerhouse that you're talking about. <laughs> did I miss any steps uh, in there? Probably. You probably did, but we'll leave it at that. Well, we, we probably should let everyone know also what John has done for the show today. Go ahead. This show is in Latin. Oh, that's right. Today's, yeah, we had our, we had our stunning 3D episode, what, two weeks ago? Yes, it was stunning. It's stunning 3D. It was such a hit that this week we're bringing back the entire show, the entire script, is in Latin, but it has been translated to English by our friend John Cunhas. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. But we are providing Latin subtitles. Latin subtitles <laughs> with the program. <laughs> For those of you who don't want to lose anything in translation. That's right. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't translate over very well. No. <laughs> That's what I'm told. <laughs> like our jokes? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> well, before we start with our book club event, though, we got to get caught up on a couple of things. One is, like I said, I mentioned this team building event we had for the Out to Pastor program. Now, you know, we had Trina and Terry on here last week. What a show. Oh, what a show. What a show. Our school spectacular. School spectacular. We talked all about the HISD team building event. And I'm telling you, man, I may have jumped the gun just a little bit. When I pronounced that we were all injury-free from that obstacle course. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure now that all the just general soreness has worn off, I'm pretty sure something's wrong with my shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, how many events did you do? (laughs) Half of one. (laughs) See, Buck was telling you. (laughs) But the good news is it's my non-throwing shoulder, so the show should not be affected. Okay, whew. So we dodged that one. We dodged a bullet there. Um, But it was such a success for the high school. You and I were talking. Maybe we should have an out-to-pastor team building event with the whole staff. Right. 
And as it happened, we did it. We did. You, me, my oldest daughter, Emily. Of course, she's our producer, designed our logo, our coffee mugs. And now my manager, because you, you did a horrible job, right? She's your so, manager. Yeah. The three of us road tripped it all the way to Galveston and back. What a huge team-building event. And we found something that connects back to Henderson. Well, you can't have a team-building event without, without a, a goal, that's right, what, John? That's what they always say. You have to set a goal and then work together to achieve it. So we're down there on Galveston Island. Of course, we're surrounded by history. And uh, that, that's my thing. It's Matt's thing. And I said, you know, of course, the Galveston-Houston-Henderson Railroad, mm-hmm. brainchild back in the 1850s, big project to connect major port of Galveston to commercial center of Henderson, Texas. Which was then the largest city in the state. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's the powerhouse. The yeah. powerhouse. They, I mean, they wanted to come here for a reason. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So I told Matt, I said, I am pretty sure there is still a building down here that has G, H, and H across the top of the door. And we set out to find that rascal. And it wasn't easy. No. Google Maps. Google Maps now does not have it. But we found it. We found it. And for the record, we were on our way to find it before Emily convinced us to stop and ask for directions at the visitor center. Yeah, we had already narrowed it down to one or two blocks. We had it. And she goes in the visitor center, and they just confirmed that we were right. Mm-hmm. And we headed on down there and saw it. Great old freight building. It's got G, H, and H across the top, along with some other alphabet soup railroad identifiers underneath it for... I guess some merged operation that was later on, but pretty cool. And there were a lot of railroad tracks down there, man. There were a lot, yes. But pretty cool to think out of all those tracks, the most important one at one time was the set that ran to Henderson, Texas. G-H-N-H. G-H-N-H. You know, I saw a 1930s-era map of Henderson, and the railroad used to be huge here. Huge. Huge. Well, speaking of railroad towns, we're talking about this before the show started. I drove through another railroad town yesterday on my road trip with the girls, little town called Cossie. Cossie, Texas. And John, you're familiar with Cossie. Oh, yeah. I, I edited the Wikipedia entry on Cossie once because uh, one of our great heroes, Jamie, one of our great heroes, David Cossie Johnson, was a Rice Institute All-American from Cossie, Texas. Gosh. We drove through Cossie and I saw it and I thought, well, I wonder what the story is on this little town. So I pulled up the Wikipedia page. I did not know that our own John Cunyas had edited it. Powerhouse. My long, long hand. The long hand. Another another (laughs) literary achievement. Literary giant. And so I pull this up. It's a little railroad town. It's named for the railroad engineer who laid out the town back in the day. His name was Kotze. His name was Kotze also, (laughs) oddly enough. (laughs) And (laughs) threw me off my stride. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And so it's got a booming population of 476 people. But the Wikipedia page has a little heading that says notable residents. Well, I thought, well, that'll be a quick read. So I pull it up. And I'm not kidding you. Cossie, Texas is the birthplace of not only our own David Cossie Johnson, but a couple other folks. Bob Wills. Take me back to Tulsa. Yeah. Bob Bob Wills. Wills. The king of Western Swing, Cossie, Texas. I didn't know that. I'm going to sing a few bars. Uh, probably not. No, so. Maybe we get Dave Powell. Yeah. <laughs> John, we have a professional for those. I'm sorry. Yeah. My, my Just stick my to the, the literary stuff. And right? the subtitles. Right, right, yeah. right. Just stick to the subtitles. <laughs> I hope it's translating well out there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Also, the home of Kenneth Sims. He was a football player, too, man. At that very small high school in the state capital. 
small high school down there. <laughs> you know us Aggies. I know. <laughs> that school in, well, it's that, we were that school in Madisonville, according to some high school teachers. That's true. That's true. Hmm. Matt can't get over that, John. That's not, we can counsel, but we I've, can counsel. I've told him many times that the problem they've got with, with these Aggie fans and their football program is they have too many expectations. Now, when you and I were at school at Rice... We had none. <laughs> a good Saturday consisted of we were in the game for a little while and nobody got hurt. You know, my freshman year, Jamie, we beat LSU. We beat Arkansas. Um, it was it was amazing. I thought the, 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 the second coming was imminent. <laughs> <laughs> but you kept your expectations down, though. Well, you know, once you once you win a couple of those games, you think you're going to win more, but it's a delusion. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Bible talks about strong delusions. Sure, sure. In time. So <laughs> crush your hopes like grapes. <laughs> well, I tell you what, let's go ahead and take our first break from today's big show, the literary Out to Pasture Book Spectacular. Brought to you in Latin. Brought to you in stunning Latin subtitles. This is segment I. Segment I. We're going to take a break. <laughs> Hear from a couple of our sponsors. When we come back with segment I.I., oh. we'll launch right into the literary episode. Out to Pasture. Did you realize that over 85% of Americans own a cell phone, but only 40% own an individual life insurance policy? That leaves way too many families who will be unprotected if they suddenly lose a parent. That's why we'd like to also point out that 100% of state farm agents offer life insurance. So if you're in the place where procrastination just met motivation, use that cell phone of yours to call state farm agent Dave Powell today. Strong Hurt Pharmacy. Are you tired of waiting in line for your prescriptions? Are you tired of being treated impersonally by people who refuse to look you in the eye? Do you remember when you walked into a store and were greeted by name, a friendly hello, and a warm, genuine smile by people you have known and trusted a lifetime? The Strong Hurt Pharmacy is one of only two family-owned and operated apothecaries in Henderson. Strong Hurt Pharmacy is your good neighbor pharmacy. 111 East Main, Henderson. Call 903-657-2545. Unofficial, unofficial, official fight song with Fighting Rice Owls. Well, you know, when I was in high school in Henderson, we played this song in band. A tribute to the Fighting Rice Owls? No, we just played it. You just played it. Yeah. <laughs> you like to dance to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, A&M, the marching band, we do not use whistles. You know why. You're welcome. Yeah. It's because of I y'all. Remember. I was yeah. there. You were there. I oh, it's John's fault, actually. Well, I had no whistle, but I was there. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. So the, the Rice students are blowing the whistles the during Rice the drill? The students were blowing the whistles, and instead of forming the T, the Aggie band formed a gamma, the <laughs> Greek letter gamma. It, See, looked, it looked good. You, you didn't know we knew Greek. That's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, it was impressive. Pretty yeah. impressive. Now it's all vocal <laughs> or timed, whatever, you know. No whistles. No whistles. No, 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 no. But they're still carrying swords on the sideline. Yeah. I thought we almost put an end to that, too. That was an SMU thing, wasn't it? Yeah, well, and you saw the uh, 
cadet that threw his shoulder into the football player. No. When he was, um, you know, his momentum just took him out of bounds. He was heading right towards Miss Reveille. And the cadet, Ouch, no. I mean, he threw a shoulder and the football player bounced off of him. It was pretty funny, actually. You got you to gotta save the dog. Yeah. You got to save the dog. She's a five-star general. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my, uh, let's see, it was my freshman year at Rice. The band director sent out a note saying, I am going to College Station this year, and anyone who wants to go with me can go. And apparently they had not been for many years, and it had to do with some sort of little... Uh, the fallout. Dust up. Yeah. And I was told it all stemmed from the, from, <laughs> from the, from the episode that when one of your Reveille mascots had passed away... There was an episode where the Rice kids carried the little stiffened leashes with the empty collar at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, that, and that the band played "Where Oh Where Is My, my Little, little dog, dog Gone." Yeah, that, that oh, doesn't sit well. Where can he be? <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonder that it didn't start a war, which that has happened. Actually, happened between the two schools. <laughs> back in the day. Back, back in, in the day. day. Well, they went on to bigger and better things. That, what about ninety years ago? They were somewhat at a war with each other. I think so. so. <laughs> Was Good there a goat in that story? Yeah, there was a goat in that story. I there is always a goat in our stories. Hmm. It's a constant theme on this show, John. <laughs> i got to leave that alone. <laughs> well, let's get back to books. We'll get back to books for a minute because John, among his many talents, as I've mentioned, is a man of many talents in the book industry. Well, thank you. You're, you're frowning at me, John, but I know it's true. Well, tell us, for those who haven't met you yet, tell us more about what you're doing. Well, I'm the editor and publisher at Searchlight Press, uh, which is basically wherever I am. And we've been publishing books since 94. Um, we've, uh, I think, published 39. Uh, I've written 26 of them. But, uh, you know, I'm interested in, in publishing. Well, our main project is a, is a Bible translation project. Okay. And so it kind of limits the other sort of books that we can do. Because, you know, when you're, publishing a, when you're publishing a Bible under your imprint, you can't publish something else that's just not going to be appropriate to it. So do uh, church books, do self-help books. Uh, we've done a novel by Michael Jimerson. Yeah. Good book. Good book. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. But I'm always looking for writers. And, uh, you know, what I ask people is, do you have a story to tell? Can you write? Will you rewrite? I mean, that's the key. Uh, when I, can, I, can I segue? When I first thought about writing a book, the, the, the thought was like, this is like climbing a mountain. I didn't want to climb a mountain. But then I finally did write the first book. And I discovered that even more difficult than writing the first book is rewriting it, getting it to a point where it's publishable. So you have to be able to rewrite. And then you have to be willing to work at selling your book because in this day and age, you know, they're not going to sell themselves. So those are the four things I look for. And if you're out there listening, if you're one of the, you know, 10 listeners, uh, <laughs> that's not very nice. Oh, but it's true. <laughs> and you got a book. Come see me. What are, what are the odds? What are the odds that, that one of those ten people is going to come up with the next bestseller? It could happen. Hey, me and our audience, it could be ten out of ten. It, it could. could be. It could be. It, it could, could be. be. You know, I'm working on a book. Are you? I've been working on it for 20-some-odd years. Cool. Yeah. One of these days, John. Well, I'm here, you know. One of these days. Mm. Well, that's a great project. Now, you've actually, one of the projects you finished was it in, a translation of the entire Bible? Yeah, I did the I did the Vulgate, the the Latin version of the Bible, and uh, got started um, because I was 
going through a really hard time. Now, can I admit that on the air? And I was, I was determined that I was going to disprove the scripture and just, just pull the rug out from under my faith, formally and finally. And I was working through the book of Ecclesiastes in Latin, of all things. And lo and behold, you know, it was like something reached out and grabbed me out of that text and pulled me back into it. So Spoke to you. Spoke to me. Right, right. Wow. You want to hear a little Latin from Ecclesiastes? Give okay. it. Which, give me the English first so I'll know what I'm listening to. Vanity of vanities. Of course. Is vanitas vanitate. Wow. And you heard that. You know, the class quotient just went way up. Wow. Our GPA yeah. is like above 1.0 yeah. now. Well, right. it's out to pastor. Yeah, that's true. What did you expect from this show? It's better than Oprah. Better. Much well, you know... I, I studied many years of French, which I use obviously every day around every here. Every day, every uh, day. <laughs> this close to Louisiana, how yeah, can you not? I mean, how can you not? Um, been to Canada one time. You know, it came in. Actually, it did come in handy. But um, in seminary, Greek and Hebrew, I taught Greek. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is that I know another language. It's very similar to Latin. Um, it's uh, Pig Latin. Pig Latin. Or Ig Payatinle. Oh. And, and I learned that from all my studies of the Three Stooges. <laughs> so I'm pretty adept at that. Absolutely. I've never read the Bible in Pig Latin, but... <laughs> Well, that could be a project you could, could take be next. on. That, that could be, be me. Right. Yeah, it I'll be, be the it. author of that one. So that, that would be about right. So. I'm not going to publish that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, John's other niche now, John is also a loyal and, and faithful member of our Kiwanis Club. And on Tuesdays at noon down at the hospital, we have our, our weekly meeting. John is typically in charge of our spiritual aims moment. And he'll share with us some insight from the scriptures. But always preface it with a nice... Well, should I say nice? Just well, well, a story. Here's what happens. Go ahead. Because John and I, and there there are some, let's see, Michael Carey's there, but John and I have been there longer, and, and he's not able to be there every week, but they divvy up the responsibilities among the preachers. Uh, for some reason, they never let me do spiritual aims. Oh, they did one time. <laughs> and they said, just stick with the praying. <laughs> and so he gets to do spiritual aims many times, and he always always wants to bring some um, some humor. Humor, yeah. Humor. Mm. Or something. Something. To the club. Uh-huh. Well, sometimes it's just telling a story. Like that story about when Jamie was a baby. You remember that story? Mm-hmm. That uh, Mrs. Holmes got on the bus there in Buna with little baby Jamie wrapped up in a blanket and once she paid her fare and went to the back of the bus, she was crying. She was in tears and the man there said, Miss Holmes, what's the matter? And, and she said, well, that bus driver just insulted my baby. And he said, that's terrible. He shouldn't, he shouldn't do that kind of thing. Yeah, she says. He said, that's the ugliest baby that she, he's ever seen in his life. And the man says, that's just outrageous. You know, he's a public employee. You, you ought to go up there and, and give him a piece of your mind. Miss Holmes says, you know, I think I'm going to do that. And the man says, here, let me hold your monkey while you do it. <laughs> well, we, we had you on the show to defend your honor from that joke about the horse at Kroger. I think he just defended it. Just just when you think, what, what's the line from uh, Dumb and Dumber? Just when I think you couldn't do anything any dumber, <laughs> there you go. go out and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> 
Well, I got one for Matt, too. <laughs> oh, no. Well, look at the time. I think the show's about over. So, <laughs> well, tell, tell me more about Matt. Well, you know, uh, because Matt, I didn't know you had this relationship with, with Buna and our public transportation yeah, system. Yeah, absolutely. So. The, the bus system in Buna is excellent. You get from <laughs> one end of town to the other and how long? Hmm. Well, you know, Matt... Uh, Matt kept going fishing, and, and, and the game warden got a little suspicious. So, so one day he went out and followed Matt out to the, to the lake, and he noticed that Matt didn't even bring his tackle box. All he had was his, his backpack and a net. And so as Matt got up to get in the boat to go out and fish, the game warden went out there with him. And they go out in the middle of the lake, and uh, the game warden says, Golson, I don't know how you're going to fish. You don't even have a rod. And... Golson says, look, this is the way I do it. And he go, pull, reaches into his backpack, and he pulls out a stick of dynamite. And he lights the stick of dynamite, throws it in the lake, boom! And all these dead fish float up to the top. And the game warden says, that's illegal. I'm going to arrest you. And so Matt reaches into his backpack again, and he takes out another stick of dynamite. He lights it, and he hands it to the game warden and says, you going to talk all day? You going to fish? <laughs> That's the way we do it. That's it? <laughs> Forget the drop-off pond. <laughs> I'll bet you there's a rule against that on our no bass, no, no pass, no bass fishing team over at the high school. You know, I haven't checked that out. I'll, John, we Probably. we we had this. We had Captain Jody Simmons on here talking about the fishing team. There was a whole list of rules went along with that competition. Well, you know, there are some things that are just you just don't even think to make rules against them until you hear a good joke about it. Well, that's exactly that's true. What, what we had predicted was that some of those things had to have been a result of experience because mm -hmm. they had rules that said things like uh, you can't fish anywhere where there's a sign that says no fishing. <laughs> uh, there was a polygraph involved. It was that was. We were way over our head on that deal. Yeah, who knew? But who there's got to be a no dynamite or explosive yeah. rule in there somewhere. That makes sense. I would put one in it. If not, there's going to be one. There's going to be one now <laughs> because everyone listens to this show. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, John, one of the other big projects you've worked on that we're all really proud of is a novel published by our own Mike Jimerson. Yeah. You yeah. had a big hand in that with him? Oh, yeah. He came to me. I did a program at Kiwanis right after I got here on publishing and he had a book and uh, you know it was a good story it was a good it was a seed of a story but it was one of those things where well I, it's that rice thing Jamie it's uh -huh. uh, I was sitting through all those classes and having to write and rewrite I made him rewrite and go back and revise and and Mike really did it and, and he did it all on his own time he wasn't doing it on county time just sure. so, just so you know and he brought in several other people who helped him with it and uh, by the time I finally let him go it's a, it's a good story it's called Seeds of Injustice and it's uh, it's available at the chamber office it's also available on Amazon I just finished it. I, I thought it was a great story. And I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take our, our break here, hear from a couple other sponsors. We're going to come back with segment, Matt. I, I, I. It's Latin and Spanish at the same time. <laughs> we'll come back with segment I, I, I. And we're going to have Mike Jimerson join us on the phone to talk about seeds of injustice. We'll be right back with more Out to Pasture on KPXI 100.7 FM. 
Henderson Federal Savings Bank has served the East Texas community since 1929, providing individualized customer service with a knowledgeable staff working to meet your banking needs. Henderson Federal Savings Bank offers flexible and secure direct access to your accounts through their online banking service. Henderson Federal Savings Bank provides a full range of products and services that reflect your ever-growing and changing financial needs. Located at 130 North Marshall Street, Henderson Federal Savings Bank, member FDIC. This is Jamie Holmes. My parents taught me to play fair, and I believe that whether it's in sports or in life, everyone needs to play by the rules. That's why I've made it my business to represent East Texans against unfair insurance companies for nearly 25 years. It's our job to keep them honest, and that makes my mama proud. If you need any help with the insurance company, call Jamie at 903-657-2800. He'll help you out because his mother said so. Do you think that working with a financial advisor is like trying to have a conversation in a language you don't speak? Good financial advisors will explain things to you in plain English. They should take time to make sure you understand the choices you're making and the possible outcomes. It's their job to keep you informed in a way that's clear and straightforward. Experience the difference for yourself. Call Don Howard, Jeb Howard, Micah Howard, or Charlie Hutto, or stop by an Edward Jones office in Henderson. Straight talk. It's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Member SIP I feel like I'm in the Western in 3D. It's a sweeping Western epic in stunning 3D. <laughs> Brought to you by John Cunha's Translate from Latin. With Latin subtitles. That's an extravaganza. It is. Extravaganza. Were you waiting for some Latin translation there? I'm sorry. Did I miss, <laughs> miss my cue? Well, the music was in Latin. Okay, right, right. Some right. of the, something else may have missed that. Right. That's how we open segment. I, I, I. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we had that story once before where we were on a road trip and I reported I had tuned my radio to the Canadian country music station. Mm-hmm. And we picked up a young lady that was singing in French. But I explained to the audience. Maybe. But the music, of course, was in English. <laughs> so, same here. This intro music brought to you by John Cunha's In Latin. In Latin. In Latin. Dominus Regatme. Nihil Mikidere. Yeah, what he said. That's what I was saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, listen, we've got a big event we got to report on here. Today, Friday, August the 5th, 2016, is the 156th anniversary of the Great Henderson Fire. The Great Henderson Fire, which saw the destruction of the entire downtown business district, huge losses of property. Except for the Flanagan Brick brick Factory. Did not get the Flanagan Brick it Factory. It did not get that, no. And, uh, and of course, became in history the first event on the road to secession and Texas's involvement in the Civil War. Mm. A huge event. And it forms the basis of Michael Jimerson's historical novel, The Seeds of Injustice published with the help of John Cunhas and joining us on the phone right now we got our own Mike Jimerson. Mike how are you? Hey I'm doing great Jamie. Y'all thank, thanks for having me. Man I'm glad to have you. This book of yours I, I told you on Tuesdays when I would see you at, at Kiwanis Club I didn't want to give anything away to people but I would stop you and say man I can't believe now this has happened. It's a, <laughs> it's a great story it just kind of can, it unfolds it just kind of keeps moving forward. 
I love well, it. thank you. I, I'm I'm really really proud of it. it. It took a long time to put it together, and John was a big part of that. And that, now I've got two landmarks in my career as an author. One was when I saw myself called as an author on the on the back of the cover when John wrote the back of the cover, and the other is now I'm I'm on your show. So Isn't that great? I, 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 <laughs> on our first I'm, book club. Yeah. So on, on out the pasture. That's right. <laughs> and and Mike, you missed may not have heard the first part of the show, but everything you're saying is being translated into Latin by John with subtitles on today's show. It's a wero. <laughs> it's a stunning program today. It's epic. Great. With with Latin. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell the folks that haven't read it now. I, I've I've mentioned that the the story sort of swirls out of the Great Henderson Fire, which. Happened today, 156 years ago, but the folks that haven't picked it up yet, give them a little preview. Well, that's the backstory to the novel, and, and it arises out of that. And I'll tell them a little bit of the story of writing it. You know, I grew up, of course, in, in Henderson, born and raised there. And I remember in elementary school, the teacher talking about the fire of 1860 in Green Herndon. And what I, what I remember being a kid was what was so sensational about it was saying that he was such a, a evil person, he couldn't be buried in the cemetery. He had to be buried outside the gates, or he'd ruin the cemetery in the, the way the teacher told the story. And then years later, Later, I was at the Kiwanis, and I heard uh, you, Jamie Holmes, give a, a great presentation about the fire of 1860, and really, uh, you know, the, the theme of that was it was a 9/11 of their generation, and and it, it was fascinating, a really good talk, and got me thinking. And then years later, uh, not years later, but a while later, I'm reading another book by a historian, and this historian pointed out that uh, most historians believe the fire of 1860 was not due to abolitionist arsonists, but was actually due to the new phosphorus matches and the unusually hot summer there in 1860. Well, that just got my mind to rolling because, of course, all those people walked into cannon fire under those Russ County Avenger banners. We had the largest number of volunteers in the Confederacy of any county in Texas. Uh, and did they all walk off believing that their homes were in danger as a result of northern abolitionists when they weren't in danger as a result of northern abolitionists? Not to mention, you had five people killed between Dallas and Henderson that summer uh, as a result of these vigilance committees and, and other action. Yeah, well, it was a it was a hot summer in more ways than one. That's a fact. It was a powerful lead-in to the, to the Civil War, and, of course, you... you uh, just a, a lot of issues there. Well, and one of your main characters is one of, one of the historic. Well, they're all based on historical figures, right? Well, yes. Uh, Caleb Phillips is real. He's an ancestor in my family. I don't know that he did any of the dramatic uh, stuff that's in the novel, but uh, Matthew Duncan Hector, of course, is a, is a huge character, and he's a huge real life character and source of great controversy. You you've talked about him, and there's a lot of people who come down on one side that he's just a true hero, and a lot of people on the on the other side who. You know, one of the historians I read referred to him repeatedly as a Southern obstructionist, and I talked to a local historian the other day who had a different take on him. Uh, so he's he's a, a fascinating real giant uh, that served Russ County as our district judge for a period of time. Well, he's the namesake of Hector County, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, he is. The famous Hector's Brigade. Hector's Brigade. All of that stuff comes right back to Henderson and Russ County, and to some extent comes back to this fire. Yes. Yes, and, and David Strauss written on both of those. And I haven't read either one of his books, but he's written one on Hector's Brigade and one on the Fire of 1860. Like I said, mine, he uses the Fire of 1860 as a backdrop. It got my mind rolling because when I was on the 
Prosecutor Association, we were dealing with a lot of actual innocence issues and uh, Michael Morton, all those things. We can be right an amazing number of times, and it, it doesn't matter uh, what we've got to deal with is the times when we're wrong as prosecutors in this profession. And uh, so we waded into a lot of that, and that kind of got my mind rolling. Well, what if? What if some of uh, these these men who were involved in the vigilance committee and things realized maybe we're not going down the right path? And of course, they wouldn't know the science behind the phosphorus matches, but maybe they realized uh, we're we're going down the wrong path here. And that's kind of the backdrop for the opening chapter. Is you have this uh, confrontation and discussion between uh, the. Uh, Hector and, and Caleb Phillips, and then uh, you find out uh, Hector's got a plan that he needs Caleb Phillips' assistance for, and that's that starts us down the path. Yeah, and I would say from there, my, my, my take on the book was it's a series of journeys. You've got characters that are literally going places, and you've got folks that along the same way are having these very personal journeys of discovery and, and reflection, and it all just sort of comes together at the end. Yes, I mean, in fact, you've got uh, parallel journeys. You've got uh, Caleb Phillips going on this journey that takes him all the way, as John pointed out, out through the Comancheria and through New Mexico. I, I really uh, love Westerns, and that gave me a chance to address all that. And then courtroom drama, because Hector was a judge at the time, so uh, you've got all of this, and partly him uh, you know, presiding over this trial, I thought it was just fascinating to have the idea of a judge seeing himself essentially on trial and, and some of the arguments and things that were going on. and, and it gave me a great opportunity, you know, over the years, just like you probably have, uh, you get a lot of stories from dealing with people who've suffered loss, people who've suffered injustice. That was really the, the impetus for the book is sitting across from a lot of people who've suffered injustice on the other side of that desk. And uh, when our justice system, the greatest justice system in the world, hasn't always been able to meet those divine expectations that are on our hearts. And so uh, that there was an opportunity to share a lot of those stories, but to do it in a way that wouldn't embarrass those families or bring to mind those, when they were the victim of uh, these horrible tragedies or lost loved ones. And then on the other hand, there's also a lot of times, you know, when I, I'm dealing with lawyers and judges and they, they make a lot of great lines that I'd like to uh, quote them about, but they don't want to be quoted. And so it gave me an opportunity to kind of address those things and have those discussions in a way uh, that wouldn't embarrass them either. Well, it's a good piece of work, Mike. I, I really enjoyed it. And folks that want to get a copy that don't already have a copy, they can get it on Amazon. Or they can pick it up Thank down you. at the Chamber of Commerce office here in Henderson. Yes, sir. And I just, I, I really appreciate it. I just get to, uh, beside myself when somebody will take the time to read it. That's a big thing because it took a lot of time to write. And I, but I know it takes a lot of time to read. And I appreciate people being willing to read it. You know, as John pointed out, when he came to Kiwanis and talked about, uh, uh, you know, writing a book, you want to have something to say, and I just really believe in 20-something years of, uh, of, of doing this for a living, uh, like you have, I've, I've got something to say about justice, and I hope it just adds a little scintilla to the discussion. It's a privilege to write it. Well, let me ask you this, is it, because this goes with the theme of our show today, is it true you originally wrote it in Latin and then John translated it to English? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I say. I say uh, uh, if you like the book, go on that that site by the same name I've got on Facebook and tell me something about. It. If you don't like the book, and tell John because uh, John's of course, <laughs> right, the publisher. Right. And uh, I, I, I had I had written and written and written, and I, I thought I'd really written a good book. And I sat down with John, and and I thought, well, I'll just I'll get some relief here. John will either tell me it's no good, and I'll take up golf or something like that, or or John will tell me that you know it's good, and I'll help you get. 
it published, and John told me the worst thing he could tell me. He told me, I think it's a good first draft. And, uh, <laughs> right. and I tried rewrite, to explain rewrite. to him, no, I've written this thing about eight times, and he was trying to explain to me, you don't understand the way an author looks at this. It really, And he was right. It really was a first draft. And we rewrote it about 17 more times with a whole lot of help from people like Bob Smith that's uh, really involved in, in local history and, and novels and things like that. And, and, and John and uh, Kim McNeil checked the grammar. So it needed a lot of work, and, and it got a lot of work. I'm proud of the product. Well, that's what it takes to, to write a good book. That's what it takes. You did what it takes. You did, you did a good job, man. Uh, I'm just waiting for your next book to be in 3D. 3D. Wow. You know, the Searchlight Press page. Of that's course. right. Maybe that's those old pop-up books. I'm not sure. <laughs> Stunning 3D. Stunning, Stunning 3D. Stunning. <laughs> well, Mike, you know, I'm, I'm hoping my grammar is better in Latin. I'm going to try the next one. <laughs> if you mess it up in Latin, who's going to know? But me. That's right. <laughs> well, Mike, thanks for joining us on the show. Congratulations. It's a great piece of work, and, and good luck. Can't wait, wait to read the next one. Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate it a lot, and it's a privilege to be on your show in all seriousness. Yeah, appreciate that, too. We'll see you soon, Mike. Right. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Ed Gum, man, I forgot to ask him what's in the back of your truck. Well, he, uh, he'll he just have to come on next time. We'll get him back on. Yeah. John, yeah. John, you're driving a car today. Yeah, I am. You have a truck at home? I do not, no. So nothing's in the back of my truck. Nothing's in the Nothing. back of my truck. Well, I'll tell you what, since we got our... Yates Buick GMC sponsorship here. I feel like I need to say something about back of the truck. I'll tell you, in the back of my truck, what I discovered is not back there is whatever I actually need. Other than that, it's back there. But if it's something I need, I can't find it back there anymore. That sounds familiar. Uh, yeah. Mm. Hey, before we forget, John, you have many... Uh, how many books have you published? 20? We've done... F- uh, all together, including ebooks and, and print books, about 50, 58, 59. I have to go back and look. And if somebody wants a translation of the uh, Latin Vulgate in, into the English, go they- look us up on www.searchlightpress.com uh, or just go under John Cunyas on Amazon and they'll all be there. Great, because, you know, we joke about it, we had a lot of fun, but. I like for people to be reading the Bible. Thank you very much. Pretty important. Me too. So give them a shout out for that. As featured. On Out to Pastor. Absolutely. Well, it's going to run us about out of time for today, guys. It's been a great show, though. John, thanks for joining us. Thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate the stories. Matt, good job again today. Great job. Pray for those football players, volleyball players, all those guys out there in that heat. Man, it's hot. And apologize to your mama for the Buna joke. I'm really sorry. (laughs) For the Buna joke, not the baby joke. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it for this week on Out to Pastor. We'll see you next Friday. KPXI 100.7 FM. See you guys.